On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, welcome. This is Susan Shereko. Abimbala Essien Nelson is joining us today. She goes by the name of Salt, so you will hear me referring to her subsequently by that name. And she's joining us from Nigeria. She's going to talk to us about her, her book, which is Oluwashola, The Story of Us. And the story of us is biographical. It shares her memories of her immediate family and how that has become a greater work through the Shola Adafalalu Foundation. Please wave your hands to welcome Abimbala Essien Nelson or Salt. <laughs> Hello, Salt. Oh. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, Susan. Love the intro. Thank you for having me. It's a huge, huge privilege, and I'm very happy to be here with you. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to have you here. This is a this is a topic which I unfortunately have had had many authors who have to deal with this subject, and it is my pleasure to be able to bring more light to the discussion. So, Salt, what events inspired you to write your book? Hmm. Okay, so I've written a few books before this specific book, and it was really all about just sharing my life and as a as a working you know, wife and mom and a Christian trying to be a, a, be an authentic you know, woman of God. So that has been my my books have always been inspired by my life, but this specific book was birthed from a place of pain. It came out of me trying to um, heal myself following the death of my baby sister. She died when she was 36, but she will always be my baby sister, Uluwa Shola Aturayo Adefolalu Gaska. This book um, was birthed from a place of pain, like I said, and I was trying to redeem myself from what I felt were my lapses as a bigger sister. Um, it wasn't just about healing myself. It was about filling in the gaps of, of things I thought I should have told Shirley. We called her Shirley while we were alive. I had her for 36 years and there, were, there was so much of our family history that I should have been more intentional about sharing with her. So apart from just finding my healing through writing the book and um, cleansing my soul, if you like, I, I wrote the, the book as kind of like a long love letter to her, telling her about our family, the years that we had together before she was born. Like, like I said, I was her big sister. I was older than Shirley by 12, 12 years old, uh, by 12 years rather. And uh, she also had a bigger brother, um, who was older than her by 10 years old. So we had, a, we had lived a, quite, a, quite a, a number of years before she came along. And she, she really had no clue about that time of our, of our lives and that part of our family history. So healing, cleansing my soul and trying to say sorry to her for not sharing um, our history with her. And so that was what kind of birthed this book in a nutshell. And what happened to your sister, Salt? She died so tragically young. Very, very young. It was really tragic. So she went, she left Nigeria. She went to Poland to study. She studied architecture. She was so smart. She studied the language first, mastered the language, and then 
pursued her degree in architecture and interior design. And eventually when she finished, she decided to settle down in Poland and she was very happy. I believe that she had found the love of her life. They got married, actually went to Poland for, for the wedding. And honestly, Susan, I was so sure that she was as happy as could be. I was so sure that her husband adored her from what I could see. But on this fateful morning, December 28th, 2016, I got a phone call that just altered the trajectory of my life forever. And the, the basically her husband was telling me that she had hurt herself, that she had fallen, that there had been an accident and she had fallen and hit her head. And I was like, I, first of all, I, I was at work that day, Susan. I'm sure till today, the walls of my office can remember me screaming. It took like three different people to calm me down that day. And I found myself at home. I don't even remember how I got home that day. But before then, the, he called, the line cut off and he called again and he said to me, oh, to actually know that, that Shirley was ill and had been rushed to the hospital and um, had passed on. So you can see that the stories changed in between and I couldn't really figure out what was going on. But long and short of it is that as I'm speaking to you right now, Susan, I have no clear idea of what really happened to my sister because the stories were conflicting and everything that happened from the moment he called me that morning, that Thursday morning, till the, the, the 5th of January, when he said to me that he was cremating my sister because he could not wait for me to travel to Poland is just a blur, a blur. But it's been how many years, 2016 to 2022, God has had to work on me to forgive, to get, to let go of all the bitterness and the anger and just the sheer pain of it all because it was eating away at my life. So to answer your question, I really don't know what happened to my sister. All I know is that she died and the circumstances are not clear. And we tried to get to the bottom of it. We, we were not able to and eventually God said to me, you know what, this is going to destroy you. You're going to allow the enemy to steal from you twice. He's, your sister has been taken from you. Do you want him to take away your life, take away your marriage, kill you maybe because you're clearly losing your mind. So let me help you. So God said to me, step back, step away. Let me be the one that would um, sort this out for you. And vengeance is mine anyway, says the Lord. So it took me a while to heed that call because I, I just could not accept that I was going to let this go because I am the eldest. My whole family was looking to me to get to the bottom of what had happened to my sister. And now I was going to go and tell them that, oh, God was saying, no, leave it, you know, let's step back. It was very difficult. And I felt like I had failed in some way. But um, that's the way God is, you know, and his ways are not our ways to understand. And since then till now, to be honest, I see what I see what he's doing. I see how he's trying to make it all better and bring some purpose from from all the pain of, of that was caused to us, myself and my family when Shirley died. Well, this is must be a curious, you know, journey for you um, not really knowing what happened um, and yet I get the feeling you had suspicions that all was not right um, oh, how you've gone on as you say God God told you to step back and let him take the lead yeah. and you've been working and raising your family all these years 
but you've yeah. also gone on to create um, this this incredible space where where women can come for healing um yeah it is it's yeah. a shelter of some kind in her name do you yes. believe that women need that space mm-hmm. oh absolutely susan oh you see um while we don't have facts i have no proof i do believe in my heart that somehow or the other my sister was a victim of some kind of abuse. I don't know if it was domestic abuse from the husband or from the husband's family, something was not right. And in the days when I was pursuing it and chasing after trying to figure out, there was, we, we could see that something didn't, something wasn't right. But like I said, God said, oh, you know what? Let's do something about this pain. You don't have to chase after these people. Instead of that, let's convert what you're feeling into something good in honor of your sister. So we started out, first of all, by um, um, opening up, uh, starting off a foundation in her name. That's the foundation you, you, you spoke about in your intro, the Shola Adefola Lugaska Foundation. So it's actually the foundation which started off, first of all, just helping women and children, just trying to be there for them emotionally, financially, um, spiritually, in any way that we could. And over the years, we've sent people off to school, given scholarships, we've fed, we've, we've fed and continue to feed people, even through COVID-19. All of this um, in, 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 the, in Shirley's honor and to the glory of God and to the benefit of humanity. But the biggest thing we've done so far is this shelter you speak of. And it's very, it's very important to note that God's asked us to open a shelter. I believe it's because he knew that perhaps if Shirley had had someplace safe to go when things were not going well, she would still be safe and alive today. And in my country where I live now, in the whole country, we're almost like 100 million people. There are only 24 shelters, maybe, maybe 25 with us in the whole of my country. So it's very needed. So we're happy to be able to at least contribute our own quota to creating a space where women can go and feel safe. Because what ha- if you check the stats and do the research, it is said that most women, if they had a place to go to where they knew they could be safe, they would not stay in those dangerous situations. They would leave, you know, but where do you go if you have nowhere to go and your family is saying, oh no, stay there or keep praying, don't leave, you'll be okay. No, but now more and more women are realizing that, okay, even though the shelters and there are not a lot of them, if there's one close to them, they would rather go there with their children and be safe. We have, it's a 10 bed shelter. We are full, Susan. We have not had a vacancy for since, since October, 2021. We have not had a vacancy. Mm. So it, it is very needed. And I'm just grateful to God that in, one, in our own small way, we are providing a place like this for women. Well, I mean, it is, it is obviously a need because it is full all the time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you feed, you provide shelter, you provide food, you are, um, you have an allowance for the poor to help them mm-hmm. you know, deal with their financial situations. Yeah, feet. yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's important. There are, you have observed many things in the course of this, and I believe that one of them is that we need to make societal changes 
um, to prevent abuse, that you yourself um, have seen it now over and over again, and you know that there is, there is a need for this kind of um, service. Um, what are you able? What are you able to work in that part of the field, trying to pull that together? Well, the the, the beautiful thing is that in in Nigeria, if you have a shelter like this, you have to register the shelter with the, with the government. So registering with the, so I'm in Lagos State in Nigeria. So we are registered with the Lagos State Ministry of Women Affairs and Poverty Alleviation, and that. Being a being a, being registered with them opens us up to like a network of other NGOs that are playing in this space. So together, this kind of like a coalition of NGOs who are, that are servicing women that are trying to make you know make things better for women, we can come together and sit with government and try and help them steer them towards you know you know putting in place better policies for women and um, strict stricter laws that can guide the way these instances are treated when women report to the police and things like that. But I have to confess that we're very young. Like I said, we just started off last year, June. So we've registered, we have, we, we have been invited to two of those kind of meetings to meet with other NGOs, but we have not been able to go because we, we, we're just trying to like make sure that we're, we're doing things, running things the, the proper way. But that opportunity is there. And I think the most important things are at least we're partnering with government to provide a shelter. So the Lagos said they come, they come and they inspect our shelter. They make sure that you're, you're doing things kosher and everything is, is in line with the, the, their, their requirements in terms of safety and hygiene and things like that. But there is a huge opportunity to partner with government to, to make things better for women. But we're very young in our journey, but we look forward to being a, a, a big part of that and lending our voice to the, do that discussion and those changes that are very much needed. Do they also fund you in any way? <laughs> I wish. Oh my gosh. I really you wish. wish. We, I, I really wish. If, in, and one of the reasons why I was so excited to register was I thought that that would open us up to some funding or the other. But no, we were told very clearly that we are registering, we are registering you so that we can call you with your other um, fellow NGOs together and share with you what the state is planning to do and see how you can partner with us. But we don't provide funding. So, but that's fine. I thank God we've had, uh, we have uh, financial partners from family, from friends. We're self-funded. Like, like you mentioned, we provide accommodation, feeding, healthcare, free of cost to our residents. So you can imagine that it's only, it's just the grace of God, but so far he's been so faithful. And he's always, he's promised us that the well may run very low many times, but it will never run dry. And he has kept that promise. So we thank him. <laughs> and well, you watch, yes. You might, I also wanna give you kudos here that uh, you have received an award uh, for your work with the foundation from the leading ladies of africa you are one of the 100 most inspiring women of 19 of 2022 in nigeria i know congratulations I thank you that came from nowhere i was like 
wow, all, all thanks to Shirley. I can't imagine how my life would have been. It's such a bittersweet thing. I, it, honestly, Susan, it was very, very sweet because I knew that most of the reasons why that recognition came was because of the work I'm doing with Shirley's foundation. And I remember just as I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I had a moment where I was like, oh, this is because my sister is not here anymore. And so it was very bittersweet. But it's, it's really good that now when people talk about her name, when you, if you Google her name now, you see all the work her foundation is doing. You see all the lives she's touched. Way back then in 2016, if you Googled Shirley's name, the headline would be Nigerian family cries foul, daughter murdered in Poland. Just very horrible headlines. And one of the... the, mm. the, the my, my biggest mission was to replace that narrative around my sister's name and my family's name and I think week after week month after month year after year we're slowly but steadily you know replacing that negative narrative with just the awesome success um, success stories of what we're able to do in her name but honestly thank you leading ladies africa if you're listening to this for the recognition I'm really grateful and um yeah I, I don't even know what to say. I was just because that has never happened to me before, you know. So I was I actually had to ask them yes. that really, like, yeah. why, why, and I made sure that they were very clear on the why and 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 all, and uh, just to be sure they hadn't gotten the wrong person. But yeah, it was it was very cool, very cool. So how how do you get word out about your foundation in order for people to participate or to find you? Oh, wow. So, so I am, my family calls me like a social media queen. I am forever on social media. And in my day, in my day job, I'm actually, I work in the communications field. So I'm very good at mm -hmm. you know, optimizing all my social media platforms and my network. So I am, I have a, a network, I have a WhatsApp group. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, and I, you, I leverage my, my handles very, very well. And Shirley's foundation also has a website and she, we also have handles for her work um, on Instagram. So we have the Shirley Smile Factory on Instagram. And we also have a handle for the Shirley Serenity Place, that's the shelter. So through those channels, we're always pushing out content to let people know what we're doing. And it's also very good, you know, because then people can see where the money they're giving us is going. That's really one of my key things. So we, we show them almost every day you see a post that will be give them an insight into what, what the foundation is doing. Not even just the shelter, but even in terms of her books, because they're my books, but I always refer to them as Shirley's books because it, she's the one, she's the force behind everything I do. We've been giving out COVID-19 care packages since um, September 2020, when she, that was her 40th birthday. So to celebrate that, we thought it was going to be a one-off. So we gave out 40 care packages. It's like these huge plastic containers with rice and beans and oil and, uh, and, and gari. So the staples of what we, we eat over here. And we've been giving, the, we've been giving mm -hmm. those out every single month with the help of our financial partners. Actually, we have one staunch partner. She bankrolls those packages every single month. She does not want me to ever reveal her name. But if you're listening to this, thank you so much for being so committed to the work that the Shirley Smile Factory is doing. We have not missed a month, um, Susan, giving out those packages. In fact, in some months, mm. we give out two batches. And right now, food wow. is 
food is a luxury. Everything is so expensive. There's all the issues. You know the, all the outcomes and the fallout of the, of the pandemic. It's really hit hard here, like everywhere mm-hmm. anyway. So mm-hmm. that is just our way of, of, of contributing to what, uh, just doing our bit to help people around us and just being the hands and feet of Jesus, if you like. Yes. Wow. Did, um, the, the books, these are, you refer to them as Sholi's books. Where are they available? I'm so happy. So I just republished. So I, we had one edition of Uluwa Shola, The Story of Us, which I published in country. And they, those copies are available in the key bookstores in Nigeria, Latana. You have them on, okay, no, they're no longer on Roving Heights, but Latana is the main bookstore here in Lagos. You can find them there. But the second edition, which I just um, published, which I, I love the colors, the, the cover so much, that is available on Amazon and anywhere you buy books online. You can you can buy um, Shirley's book as well as my other books as well, but I'm not really pushing um, those books right now. I'm really focusing on Shirley's book, Oluwa Shola, The Story of Us, because everything is just really about um, honoring her right now. That's my focus, honoring her as well as helping people, as well as um, being, being the soul that God has called me to be on the face of the earth. Well, this is, this is a good time to get back to the book and sort of talk about what it is you, um, what your approach has been to the story of us. Uh, I, I think one phrase for me really stood, stood out from our original conversation, which was, did I ever tell you about the time or your dad yes. or your mom? As yes. if you were talking to your sister and... Absolutely. Because she was so much younger. What what do you try to do in the book? That's it. So every chapter, every chapter opens with that. Did I ever tell you? And so like the first chapter is, did I ever tell you that I thought Prof was Superman? So it's that chapter is me telling her about how I felt about our dad, you know, um, and memories I had about him while I was younger. So it's always every chapter is that telling her something that, I, I believe I didn't tell her before she passed on. So it's really about that. Then it's also, so the book is sharing memories that of things that happened before she was born. Because some people may read the book and they, they will be like, oh, but you didn't tell her about your time in uni. You didn't tell her about your marriage. You didn't tell her about your children. I said, no, because she was alive. She, she knew about those things. So the book is focusing more on events, things that happened before she was born, as well as the book provided me space to kind of like, you know, exhale a lot of stuff inside of me that if I wish that, because we're very close, but it was very painful for me to realize that even as close as we were, there were still some things that I struggled with that I didn't share with her. And that I, I thought that perhaps if I had, she would have also been able to be more vulnerable with me. Because it, and it, it hurts me to say that because I thought we were, we were open books for each other. But clearly not, because I had no idea that anything was up in her marriage that would lead to her losing her life. So 
there are parts of the book that are sharing family memories, telling her, taking her into my feelings about our mother, uh, our father, and the dynamics of, 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 of their marriage, and, and, and just showing her how I felt about my parents through the eyes of a seven, eight-year-old girl, you know, and then sharing with her memories of being in secondary school and the things I went through, but particularly also just really just bearing my soul to her um, and in, in bearing my soul to her, also healing myself. So the book is really, it, 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 it's, it's too surely, but it's really, it was very necessary for me to write the book for myself, to heal myself of not just the pain of losing her, but to kind of like shed the, the shed a casing around me that had been preventing me from living my, 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 full, my fullest life up until that moment and honestly when I when I dropped the the well when I stopped clicked the last button or the last key on that book it was as if a weight had dropped off of me when that the first manuscript was finished and all throughout the process mm. I cried almost every time in fact the book took three years to write that little book you see there it took three years for me to get all that stuff out because many times I would start writing things and I would wow. just leave I would just weep and weep and weep and weep. And, um, but it, 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 it did what it was meant to do. It did heal me. It did soothe me. And, and more importantly, it is blessing people and it is freeing people the same way that it freed me. And I'm very grateful for that. How has your family responded to it? Well, so um, my three children have read it. Two of the three children actually wrote reviews for me. And I think it was very, um, they were very uh, surprised, taken aback, shocked, but happy for me that I was getting all of that out of my system. Um, my daughter specifically was she, I think, to paraphrase her, she was like, I'm just happy, mommy, that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing better and writing this book um, um, helped you. And I'm also, it was also nice to just see, read your backstory, sort of, because um, there's some of the things there that they, they didn't really know about. My, my younger son, because he had been at events where I kind of had touched on some of the things I talk about in the book, he, he wasn't as shocked as my daughter. So he kind of knew some of the things I shared, but he, he, his, he was just like, he was just proud of me. You know, he was proud of me that I was being able to own up to my own story and move on through it. My older son too is, was very proud of me, but he's yet to give me a review because he keeps saying, I want to do it properly, mommy. I want to write you a very good review because all my children write in one way or the other. And, and they're very like, uh, very, uh, they really want to do things the right way. So I'm yet to hear from my older, my older son my husband, to be honest, I'm not sure he has read the book in full. He probably has scanned it, but he kind of has a feel for what is in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, ha- he, he has a feel for what is in it. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't honestly heard like directly <laughs> what his views are, to be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, that's interesting. I, I think many women would say the same thing. You know, their husbands support them in what they're doing, but not a hundred percent. They're just yeah. there in the background and, and being yeah. there when you need them. Yes. Yeah. And he's very supportive. So what is I mean, the message? That's good. Uh, 
the message. So I just wanted to just add one thing. Yes, you're very correct. My husband is very supportive. In fact, recently he just gave us one one of his cars that he's not using anymore to use for the shelter so we can use them to take our residents to hospital and things like that. So he's very supportive behind the scenes. So I, I'm, I'm grateful to him for that. The message of, yes. the, my, of Shirley's book. You know, I remember when, when we spoke the first time, I tried to let you know that almost every chapter has its own message. So let me let me walk you through like kind of like the minor messages and then I'll I'll share with you the 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 main message great. of the book. So the minor messages are That's really great. that yeah yeah that people please family is important no matter what family is important treasure your family be intentional about creating about making memories with your family be intentional about capturing the memories because one thing i regret to date is how how very few photos i have of my mom you know and things like that um the one of the other my, my minor messages is just about how life happens life happens there's not one single family on the face of this earth that is perfect there's not one. So I had somebody send me a review uh, just this past week and she was like, I'm so relieved. I thought that my family was so dysfunctional, but just reading your book, just help me shed that load and realize that there's no such thing as a perfect family and embrace my family, you know, what and all, and just try to love um, as much as I could, I can, you know, while keeping my own, my own safe space, if you like. So those are some kind of like the, the the minor messages there. And then there's the whole thing around, you know, um, I, I do talk about interracial marriages and the things I think that people should do, especially the women, if you're African and you're, in an, you're, in a, you're married to somebody else, the kind of things you should do. So there's, there's a whole bunch of messaging around that space and how you can love i'm not i'm not against loving love love let your love be blind but let your love be wise is, is what i'm saying one of the key messages in there but the main message susan you know is that look you do not have to look like what you've been through because there are people who have known me for years and all of that who read that book and they were like wow really this is your backstory we would never have known because I'm just this happy-go-lucky smiley person they thought but you know there's a there's a whole lot of life underneath underneath the life you're living that people don't know about so it's like you don't have to be like what you've been through but that, that to people also be kind to people because you don't know what they're going through beneath the smiles and you know all the the, the laugh and uh, the laughter and everything and then also of course it's very obvious from everything i've said before that the message of of Shirley's book is that indeed god can bring purpose very good purpose from deep places of pain he can bring gold from all those really gut-wrenching moments that you've been through in life if you just surrender to him that is my 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 chief uh message because as you round as you get to the end of the book you're going to and you read it read it you're going to know that for sure you don't have mm -hmm. to look like what you go mm -hmm. through you you don't have to look like what you've gone through your past does not have to define you you don't have to live in the past you can move on with your life and just use whatever it is you've been through as a stepping stone to just continue to let your voice be heard never let anything mute your voice there's no such thing 
as that. There's nothing on the face of this earth that should have the power to mute the voice that God has given you. And that's like the third main message of Shirley's book. In all that going around and around in circles, I mm. hope it's clear. <laughs> it is It is very clear. It really is. Are you actively out speaking to the public about the, your experiences that make up the book and underlie the foundation? Okay, so not not since the book, but before um, before COVID happened, one of the things that Shirley's Foundation used to also um, do was we organized these events. We called them the Shirley Rising events. And the general theme was mm-hmm. bringing people together to rise above anything that is causing them grief. That's why. So we call them the rising events. So people would come together. So it started with me, myself, just calling people together, inviting people. We got a venue. We got other speakers. But I would speak and tell them my story. And I would share with them at that point, what was I doing to rise above the pain of losing my sister? And of course, those events were, were one of the things I was doing. And so in, in, we had, I think we had, I had, the first one was in 2017. We had one in 2018, 2019 was the last one and all in in the last one that held in 2019 that was actually the first place where I actually spoke about you know some the the last bit that you read in the book that um um not a lot of people had ever known about that was that was where I was that was where I shared it that I said my son had heard me talking about it that was the first place and um it, 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 it healed me a bit but not as much as writing it out in full healed me because at that event I, I still was very coded about it I was just like but you if you were listening with your heart you would know what I was trying to say had happened but in the book it's very clear what what I had said had happened and it really healed me and it's the reason why I'm here talking with you today Susan I, I would not be here if I had not gone through that um that process of of, of self-healing and allowing God to heal me by bringing it out we bottle up so much as women and it just hinders us you know so i'm grateful that i've had the opportunity to bring all of that off and it's it's a continuous journey as you as you know but i'm much more of the gunk is out than is still in if you like well that is but that is powerful and and perhaps we keep we retain a little bit of the gunk in order to remind us you know where we came from originally where we come, but well, exactly. i really want to i appreciate so much you know i i appreciate what you're doing i have become so much more sensitized the importance of speaking out writing not keeping secrets but making people aware that this does happen and that there are things they can do that will benefit everyone you know the more people that know the more we can prevent it from happening to somebody else so exactly exactly. thank you very much for yeah you're very welcome exactly so we break that that omata that code of silence that is still very prevalent in my area you have people going through abuse and mothers covering for their husbands or covering. So the more of us come out and can speak openly, then the more other people are encouraged to come and share as well. You're very right. Yes. Yes. That code of silence. It is the, I think it's, it's something that people do not realize it's generational in many cases. And because nobody else spoke about it, you don't speak about it either. And, and, Once we realize that that 
code is damaging everyone in the entire society, the better we all will become. So absolutely, um, I want to remind our remind our listeners, Saul, that uh, we've been speaking with you about your book, Oluwashola, the story of us, which is available on Amazon and all sorts of online uh, booksellers, which is great because they're just having it in one place is so limiting, but we really have many more places available to us now. And if you feel strongly about issues of domestic abuse, uh, SALT writes, speaks, and manages a foundation for survivors of domestic abuse. Um, so what's the best way that people can help in those endeavors for you? Oh. Partner with us financially. If you're listening to this and you're, you're, you're moved by the work that we're doing, please partner with us or share, share what we're doing with your network, people who you know have the heart for this kind of work that would want to partner with us financially. And, 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 and more importantly, be, be the change that you want to see. If, if you, even if you can't give financially, don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. If you hear that anybody or any woman is going through something and you know she's no longer safe where she is, point her towards us. Point her towards us or if, if, it's a, if, it's a, if you're a church, if you're an NGO, reach out to me on the handles that we've, uh, I spoke about. If you just check me up on any of those um, um, platforms, you would find me there. Let's DM me and let me know and we'll figure out how to get this woman to safety uh, and, and make sure that she doesn't have to die where she is and she can't she knows that she can be loved into a place of knowing that there's hope for her. I wish she could see some of the ladies that have come that are with us and see the before and after pictures of them. They come in so hopeless, but in six weeks, like six weeks, the transformation is amazing because we pour the love of God into them and it begins to inspire them to have hope again for their futures. So please, if, if any of what I've said we're doing touches you and moves you in any way, please reach out to me and we can discuss the many, many ways that you can partner with us. It doesn't always have to be money, by the way. It could be other ways and we'll be happy to have a discussion with you. Thank you. And we thank you, Salt, for sharing your story with us. Um, I'm going to have to make that the end of our conversation today. I want to thank everybody for listening and say bye for now. Have a great bye. day. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Susan.